the hammer chapter 21 as the echoes faded and silence settled over the room Corvin slumped back against the wall he'd made a mess of everything Kate was dying Taryn was dead and Tirith was being taken to the palace rolling onto his back he pulled out the hammer and held it up to the skylight please just let me get out of here he whispered the hammer was cold and heavy in his hands and tears rolled down his cheeks it was no use the hammer had lost its power when Terran died, abandoning him in a brutal world he did not understand. The hammer was a curse. He should just leave it behind, find Kate, and get out. Corvin sat up and peered through the skylight. His gaze wandered up the cavern wall. There must be some other way to get that door open again. His father would know what to do. He pulled out the ice glass, and the twinkle of stars spread over the surface and around the outline of the castle rock. His father's face did not appear, but the memory of what he had said that starry night at the rock came clearly to Corvin's mind. Your grandfather made me promise I would give it to you before your birthday. He said you would be old enough to choose between fear and duty by then. His birthday had come and gone since he'd left home. Why would his grandfather think he would be ready to choose between fear and duty by the time he was fifteen? More of his father's words came back. A good leader must do what is right by others, no matter what the cost. But he wasn't a leader. He didn't want to become one. He just wanted to go home. A falling star arched its way across the tiny sky and disappeared. A creaking door started him so badly that the ice fell from his hand and rolled toward the edge. Corvin grabbed for it, but he was too late. A long silence was followed by the sound of glass breaking below. Corvin looked around the darkened room. Where was the door and who had opened it? I'm over here, a hollow voice called from directly across the room, where a shadowy figure waited. You need to make your way around the ledge. There is a door here into the passages. Corvin shielded his eyes. Who are you? I'm Jorid. The high priest sent me to help you. Pulling on his pack, Corvin moved around the room. That would explain the high priest's signal. He was showing Jorid where to find him. George squinted at him, and Corvin realized his hood had fallen back. How old are you? This was not just idle curiosity. Fourteen? No, fifteen now, I guess. He studied the young man's face for a reaction. His expression was similar to the look the bigger boys always gave him at school. George pointed to the main door below. The chief watcher will still want to find the one he thinks is Terran. I suspect the soldiers will be back as soon as it is light to search the priest's quarters. We must leave here immediately, Cor Van. He jerked his head to the door behind him where a circular staircase wound up from below. Corvin looked away from the man's searching gaze. I'm not sure I'm the one you're seeking. I don't, Jord cut him off. I need your help if I am to get Tirith out of the Watcher's prison. Corvin shook his head. I can't. I have to find Kate and take her home before she dies. Kate? The girl I followed down here. She's from my world. She has red hair, and I have seen her. Corvin stepped back, and Jord grabbed his arm to keep him from falling off the ledge. Kate is here? Rayu found her before the soldiers. She's being held in the broken side of the city. She is very ill. I need to see her. Jord frowned. But Tirith and her father will die if we do not help them. Can't your men rescue them? There are few of us left, and most are old. The priest's compound is almost empty. The chief watcher ordered all the priests to the outlying settlements to inspire the workers who are harvesting food. 
He has scattered us throughout the Corps. Terran was working to bring us together, but now... Don't we have some time before that ceremony the Chief Watcher talked about? George sighed heavily. A little, but the High Priest might not live that long. I promised to take Kate home. She can't survive down here. Jorid was silent for a moment. I understand what it means to feel you have lost someone you love. Besides, if you do not fulfill your vow, you will forfeit all possibility to be the Corvan. He turned to the door. Come, I will take you to your Kate. Corvan followed him. I can't be your Corvan. I'm just a kid who fell into your world. I just want to go home. George shot a questioning glance at him over his shoulder as he stepped into the tight stairwell, but he didn't respond. Following a narrow tunnel to the bottom of the stair, George opened a door and they emerged through the hole the chief watcher had cut into the tapestry. George turned to examine the torn fabric while Corvin walked around the smashed lumion to where his glass had hit the marble floor. Instead of shattered bits, the disc had broken neatly in half along a curving line. One side was deep blue and the other brilliant white like a newborn star. Corvin dropped him into his pocket and walked back to find George sitting on the unbroken chair, gazing at the pulpy mess on the table. She was our only hope against the glowing darkness. Now we will never be able to replace the ones the greedy beasts have consumed. Anger flashed in his eyes. If you are to be a great Corvan, you must learn that if your pleasure causes others pain, your pleasure is wrong. Selfishness is the source of all evil. George pushed the chair away. Come. It is light enough for us to move freely in the streets. It is a good thing you are wearing Terran's green cloak. The broken may have lost their minds to the Lumian scenes, but at least they do not yet attack the priests. Corvin didn't understand everything George said, but he was amazed at how differently everyone saw the cloak he wore. It was like they made a decision about it when they first saw it, and then afterward could not change their minds. As he turned to follow George, a tiny flash of light from the table caught his eye. Peeling up a piece of the blackened Lumian skin, he found three bright red gems sparkling on the table. What are these? The young man returned to his side. I'm not sure. They look like seeds from a tiny Lumian, but those are always blue. Corvin touched the wet spots surrounding the gems. I saw the drops from the severed stem of the Lumian fall into Tyrus' blood. Maybe that's why they're red. George's face brightened as he carefully gathered the small objects. I think each of these may be the seeds to a new mother plant, but that would only make sense that they are red if Tirith... His voice trailed off and he nodded to himself. Pulling a small cloth from inside his cloak, Jorah dropped the seeds inside and pulled the drawstring shut. He started to tuck them into his own cloak, then paused and placed the pouch in Corvin's hand. As the great tapestry predicted, the Corvan becomes the guardian of light. Do not protest. For if you do not accept this responsibility, the only future for the Corps is eternal darkness.